Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. And a special welcome to all of my movie lovers, because this is part three, the final installment of our three-part series that I have titled, Movies with a Message. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope I found some creativity to package a relationship message around, make it a little bit more interesting, maybe a bit more memorable. So you know the whole idea behind this series is sometimes movies have something really important to say, something really conscious, something really evolved. A lot of times they don't. A lot of times they're just movies, they're fun to watch, and there's no big message to take away from it. But the movies I've chosen, they really do have something to say that I think we would do well to listen to. And so we've looked at movies, the first three movies in part one, just as a very brief review. I thought that the first three movies grouped together to talk about the path to happiness. They just spoke about aspects of our lives that lead us to experience happy, fulfilling lives. And we talked about Braveheart and Forrest Gump and the movie Yes Man. And then in part two, I found three movies that sort of grouped together to say something about the path to living and being authentic, the path to authenticity. And so we talked about Runaway Bride, of how Julia Roberts kind of had to know herself before she was able to connect with a man and make a relationship work. We talked about Pleasantville, which the whole movie was about being real and not playing roles and stuck in cultural stereotypes, but to really embody your truth, your sexuality, your creativity, your emotions, and so forth. And great message in the movie Pleasantville. And then lastly, Liar Liar, which spoke to, you know, being a truthful person, both in making and keeping your agreements, but also, you know, in not withholding, not playing games coming from the heart, speaking from the heart, revealing what's true for you. All right? Those are the first two parts. Now, in part three, I found three movies here that it took me a while to kind of see that there is a theme to them, that they're coming at something from a very different direction, but they, they're sort of speaking to, to one basic issue. And that issue is the path toward healthy connection. These three movies have something to say about what it means to relate and connect in a healthy way. And so 
Let's just jump right in. And I want to talk about a movie that I know is going to be one of your favorites. If you've never seen this one, oh my God, you immediately have to see this movie. And it is called The Holiday. Okay, it normally people watch it around the holidays, but it it really isn't that kind of movie. This is a movie um, that can be watched at any time. Now, you remember this movie starred Jack Black, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Cameron Diaz. Okay? And this movie, I think, when it talks about a path toward healthy connection, it it's really getting at the area of completion, of being complete, sort of getting over former relationships, letting go of the past, learning the lessons from the past, and, and being able to break free of limiting beliefs and patterns that can s- keep us stuck. And I think the part of the movie that really speaks to this is the the combination of of Jack Black and Kate Winslet. That's where I want the focus to be. Now, I was talking to my wife about this because I think this movie is this is really a great movie. It's sweet. It's got something to say. It's funny. Um, it's romantic. Um, and I was thinking with my wife, like, what would your list be of the best romantic comedies ever made? That would be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Like, what are the, what's the top five best romantic comedies ever made? And I think there are, there really are quite a few good ones and it might be difficult to make that list. You probably you probably forget to leave something out like, oh, I can't believe I forgot that one. Um, but I think for me, I mean, I think Pretty Woman is probably up there. It's a, just an iconic movie. Um, I think When Harry Met Sally is probably up there because, again, it had so many iconic scenes and the whole discussion, can can men and women be friends um, and the whole faking orgasm scene – um, and and the and the humor uh, in that movie, but I think the holiday is is going to make most people's list. It's that good. So I really want to encourage you with all these movies I'm pointing to. If you haven't seen them for a while, I th- I think you should see them again because I've watched a couple of these uh, recently, you know, preparing for this, and I was touched again by man how good these movies are. And sometimes I go on Netflix, you know, and I'll try to find some movie. And there's a lot of movies out there on Netflix. And after you watch it, you know, you're like, eh, wasted two hours of my life with that one, right? But some of these movies, I don't think you'd be wasting your time, even though you might have seen them a number of times to watch them again, because they have such a message to them. So in this movie, I'm not really focusing too much on Cameron Diaz and Jude Law and and their dynamic, I'm focusing on Jack Black and Kate Winslet because they aren't immediately becoming a couple the way Cameron Diaz and Jude Law are. They're kind of friends because they're both hung up on someone from the past. They really 
aren't really able to notice each other and to allow their own relationship to to be recognized and to maybe be born because they're both lost in their past. They're lost and hung up on someone from the past. And the two of them, you know, they really bring up some really significant common issues. Like at one point, Jack Black says, why do I keep falling for the bad girl? Right. That's common to fall for the bad guy, the bad boy or the bad girl. Right. And she's hung up on a guy that, that seems to be into her, but he's always got somebody else in the background. You know, he's, he's into her, but he's not really into her. She thinks he loves her, but, and she's obsessing about it. And, you know, going on and on about it. Now, the message in this movie, I think, mostly comes from Kate Winslet in her evolution. And it's, th- and it's this part that I want to point out to you. Now, if you watch this movie, the theme in Kate's life, because she meets this old guy who is an old movie producer and director and writer. And he's like in his mid eighties. Um, and so they reminisce about some of the old times in Hollywood, you know, Catherine Hepburn and some of these, these older actresses. And they really have a conversation about those actresses and how they carried themselves. And the word the movie uses to describe some of these Hollywood actresses that had stature and a kind of gravitas is the word they use is gumption, right? The old guy says that, that old, that old actress, she had gumption. And, and that word gumption in the movie is speaking to a quality that those women had where they sort of owned their value, right? They, they were women who knew they were worthy. They, They weren't crumb girls, right? They weren't the kind of women who took what they could get. And and they they didn't have low self-esteem, like I don't deserve love. I don't deserve a man's devotion or attention. I don't deserve to be treated well. No, they carried themselves with a kind of confidence, a healthy confidence, a, a gumption, a kind of like, like I matter, I mean something, I'm valuable, right? They, they had a kind of a power to them w- without being bullies, not that kind of power, but kind of a, a solidness to them that you don't fuck with them, right? You don't mistreat them. You, don't, you won't get away with that, right? It's, it's like they had the attitude, if, if you're going to be around me, you better come with your game or I'm not putting up with it. They were the kind of women that wouldn't tolerate garbage and a lack of integrity or confusion, right? So they were women of strength. They were women of character. They had gumption, okay? Now, in the movie, that is exactly what Kate Winslet is missing. She is not a woman of gumption, right? She's putting up with what she can get out of this guy. She's putting up with his nonsense, He's kind of a player and she sort of knows it 
but she can't get over him. He's trying to write a book or a play, and she's still reading some of his pages and helping him out, even though she's left the country to kind of get away with him, to get away from him, and to sort of get over him. But she's still answering his messages, and she's still reviewing his pages. And so she's still enmeshed with this guy who has never really chosen her. He, he's kind of into this other girl on the seventh floor or something named Sarah, right? And so it's, it's all about that, right? And then so toward the end of the movie, right, this guy actually travels across the pond, right, from England all the way to L.A. to see her and, as it turns out, to try to keep her on the hook, like he's come there to claim her, to, to be with her. And then through a little discussion, she's about to make out with him on the couch. She's about to have sex with him, thinking that he has decided to choose her, right? And then she asks him some sort of question. I forget what it is, but it's discovered that he's actually getting married to the other girl. But yet he's here trying to keep her as the mistress on the side. And finally... She she gets fed up with it. Finally, she ends it with him. Finally, she throws him out of the house. And the line, because in this series, I've been giving you a tagline from every movie, right? In Braveheart, every man dies, but not every man really lives, right? In this movie, in The Holiday, I think the line that stands out, given the background I just gave you, is when she's dumping him. And, and he's like, why are you being this way? <laughs> why are you not letting me do what I've been doing for years in our relationship? Why are you finally now throwing me out and breaking up with me? And she says something like, I, I think it's because I, I think what I've got is something called gumption, right? And that's it. She finally owns her value. She finally says enough of this. I matter more than this. I'm worthy of more than this. I'm worthy to be chosen. I'm not worthy to be trifled with. I'm not worthy worthy to be played with. I'm not putting up with nonsense anymore. Right? There's a sense from her, like, I'd rather be single than put up with bullshit. Right? So she owns her own value. And she owns it to the extent that if you don't honor my value... You're not allowed to play with me. We're done. So she has the gumption. Now, who listening to me needs to hear that? Right? Who out there is like Kate Winslet? And you don't have to be a woman. You do not have to be a woman to relate to what Kate was going through and what she finally decided, when she finally decided to stand in her worth and her power and say no to anything that didn't fit this new sense of gumption, this sense of character, this sense of gravitas, I guess you could say, this sense of strength. Who, who out there, who's Kate Winslet out there? And are you, are you ready to be the Kate with gumption. 
Not don't say yes too soon. Because when you say yes to your gumption, you're going to have to say no to someone. You get that? If you want to say yes to the value of who you really are, right? Because when you when you feel like I'm not worthy, I'm undeserving, I'm unlovable, that's not who you are. That's just some of your ego junk from your childhood. Perhaps you got those messages from your parents or from your surroundings or you've developed it over the years from different relationships. But that's garbage and you know it, right? So when you want to step into your 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 authenticity, you could say, when you want to step into who you really are, because who you really are has gumption, right? You do matter. You, you are valuable. You are worthy of love and attention. You're, you're worthy of being someone's priority. You're worthy of someone's devotion. When you decide to step into that, you are going to have to say no to someone and maybe more than one. You can't go in one direction and not leave another place. Right? I'm sitting in my office right now. If I want to leave my, if I want to go into the living room, then I have to leave the office. Right? If I'm going somewhere, I'm leaving somewhere. Do you follow me? If I take a step in one direction, I'm taking a step away from another direction. So be careful of saying, yes, I want to make this shift. I want to really own my gumptionness, you could say. Well, if you do, you may have to say no to someone or something. Saying no to someone or something that resonated with your old version of yourself, the version of yourself where you were crumb girl. I use that persona name sometimes with some of my clients when they when they feel like they're being doormats, where they don't have boundaries, where they're not owning their value, they're in relationships that just are not serving and they just feel like, you know, I've just been in a mentality where I, I guess I take what I can get, right? So it's like you're sitting on the side of the table and I don't deserve to sit at the table. I'm just taking the crumbs that fall off of someone's table, right? It's that that kind of I don't matter thing, right? So when you make the shift out of crumb girl, you're going to have to say no to people who were seeing you in that way or situations. So this is a monumental shift. It often is very difficult because you're walking away from things. And very often when you're walking away toward your gumption, you're walking toward the unknown. See, in the movie, Kate had this guy, Jack Black, who was there for her, in a sense, right? She, she sort of had someone to go to, even though at that point in the movie, she doesn't know that he walked away from his bad girl, right? Because he's doing the same thing. He's on his own path of gumption because he's hanging out with some girl that he says in the movie, like, why would a girl like that be with a guy like me? Do you see it? The lack of self-confidence, the lack of valuing yourself that you don't deserve something, someone like that. So he is in this small-minded, I don't matter, I'm not good enough place. And he's making his own journey toward gumption. Well, at the moment, 
that Kate is walking away from her guy, she doesn't know that he's done the same thing. But the point I'm making is in the movie, you kind of know they're going to get together again. When you walk away toward your gumption, very often it's going to be unknown. Like there'll be nobody waiting for you immediately. There'll be no new relationship you can immediately get into with someone who loves you and values you and sees how wonderful you are. And no, you might be walking into nothingness as you go toward your gumption. So that's why this is scary. But at some point in our lives, we have to recognize that having no relationship is better than a bad one. And we have to be worthy of saying, I want to value myself. I want to love myself enough to get out of this relationship, to change my career, to make whatever changes in my life that are arising because I am not valuing who I am and I'm not, I'm not seeing myself as worthy and as good enough and as enough. I'm gonna, when you do, you're going to have to walk away from those things and you're saying, I'm willing to do that even though I do not know what is next. Because I'm so tired of this. Right? Kate was saying, I don't care what my future is. I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't fit me. I'm a woman of gumption and you're not seeing me that way and this relationship isn't reflecting it so I'm out and I'm walking out the door even though I don't know what's next. So can you relate to Kate and Jack? Can you learn from them? Is it your time to follow their journey? All right, so that's our first movie on this path to healthy connection, right? You can't have a healthy connection if you're hung up on somebody else. If you feel like you're not worthy, you're unlovable, you're not good enough, you you can't have a healthy connection when you don't have a good connection to yourself. Now, second movie, you probably knew at some point I was going to bring up Jerry Maguire, right? Because you know I'm really big on how sweet the uh, you complete me sentiment is and how, how how adorable it is in the movie. And even to this day when I see it, it makes me cry. But you know when you actually examine the idea that I think it's utter nonsense, that you don't need completing, Um it's a codependent mindset that I'm not whole on my own and I need you to complete me. Okay. So it's nonsense. So I've talked about the movie, Jerry Maguire. I've written about it in my books. I've done podcasts on it, but I am talking about the movie, Jerry Maguire, but I'm not talking about that scene. There's a lot of awesome conscious scenes in that movie. The most unconscious one is the, you complete me thing. Right, But there's a lot of other parts of this movie that are fantastic. And the thing that I want to point toward in terms of the path towards healthy connection is I want to point you toward paying attention to the relationship between Tom Cruise 
and Cuba Gooding Jr. in the movie. The two guys, their friendship is unbelievably powerful. Right? Now, Tom played Jerry Maguire and Cuba played Rod. I forget his last name off the top of my head. He's the, he's the athlete that Jerry is representing. He's the only athlete that Jerry has left uh, as a sports agent, you know, once he writes his manifesto and he gets fired from his firm, right? But what I'm pointing to with these two guys is that throughout the movie, they have what I consider to be a real friendship, okay? And I don't think real friendships are very common. I don't think, when I talk about healthy connection here, this time I'm not necessarily talking about healthy, intimate connections. I'm talking about healthy connections with people, with your friends. So let's talk about you and the way you show up in your friendships and the way you are experiencing your friends and how they're experiencing you because, because you know, Jerry and Rod are amazing examples here. These two guys, you can tell, genuinely care about each other, even though the agent works for the player and that kind of thing, but they genuinely care about each other. But they also take turns in this movie getting in the other person's face and ripping them a new one when they see that they are fucking up their lives and making mistakes and being unconscious and doing goofy things. Both of these guys are the type of friends that are willing to tell each other the truth, to call each other out, to challenge each other to be their best right? To not be small, to be not in ego. They, they really, they're friends and they're buddies, but they are willing to challenge each other, right? Just right now off the top of my head, there's an old verse in the Bible that comes to mind. So I think it's in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that word man is used generically. That's not just for men, <laughs> As iron sharpens iron, so one person, one friend sharpens another. There's this sense when you are in a healthy connection, a healthy friendship is not all, you know, roses and sunshine, right? It's not all, oh, you're wonderful. You never make a mistake. Everybody's treating you wrong. You poor thing. It's not that. It's sometimes... Really good friendships are, you're fucking up. Do you see what you're doing here? This is not you. This is not your best. Like, what are you doing? Right? Really good friendships are filled with compassion and support and conscious listening and holding space for each other to feel feelings, to explore ideas and thoughts, but they're also a space for truth to be spoken. And for challenge to be leveled. And I'm wondering how many of you have friends that will regularly get in your face when you're fucking up. 
if you don't have that, your life will be mediocre. You will slip and slide into patterns. Your ego will take over. You will make repeating mistakes. If you don't have someone in your life that every so often is going to grab you by the lapel and get right in your face like a baseball manager and an umpire and read you the riot act. These guys just do it to each other. They do it to each other. And it's beautiful to watch. And it's hilarious to watch too because when they do it to each other, you know, the person receiving it does not like it. <laughs> at, at one point when Jerry says, all right, because there's one scene toward the end of the movie, you know, you know, Cuba Gooden Jr. is talking to Jerry about, you know, how's your marriage? You know, what are you doing out here on the road with me at this football game? Why aren't you with your wife, right? And sometimes Cuba talks about to Jerry about dating a single mom because Jerry asks him, you know, what do you what do you think about dating a single mother? And and Cuba's like, you know, the famous line is, you know, you're shoplifting the pooty, right? And he 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 really tells Jerry that when you're dating a single mom, you, you know, it's a different ball game here. You you can't play them. They're they're in a different spot. You've got to treat them with respect. And and if you you know, he's like. He told Jerry, he says, Jerry, your girl loves you. If you don't love her, you got to tell her, right? And he's just right in his face about that. You can't shoplift the pooty, right? And Jerry doesn't like it, doesn't hear it. And then later on, I think it's a couple scenes later, Jerry's, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry says, all right, you, you, we telling each other the truth here? Are we friends? All right, well, here's this. And he, he goes off on Rod, on Cuba Gooning. Junior Gooding's character, Rod, by saying, you know why you're not getting your big contract? Because you got that big ass chip on your shoulder, right? Because what's the line? You know, he, he, he says to Rod, he says, bury the attitude a little bit. He's like, every time you don't get what you want, you, you blame the quarterback, you blame the system. You're not playing with your heart. You're playing with your head and all your ego. So basically, Jerry is saying the reason you don't have a contract and I can't get you a contract is because you're a fucking egomaniac. So he's like, bury the attitude. Bury the attitude a little bit. Get that chip off your shoulder. Who needs to hear that? Who is single? And blaming everybody else. Oh, the dating scene. Oh, women. Oh, men. It's this. It's that. Do you have someone in your life that's going to look at you in the eye and say, you know why you're single? Because you got that chip on your shoulder. Because you're angry. Because you're bitter. Because you're holding on to the past. Because you're an egomaniac. Because you need to bury that attitude. Right? Whatever that attitude is. There was something going on in Rod's life that was keeping him from getting his contract. And Jerry, his friend, saw it and pointed it out and put it right in his face. And, of course, when that happens, you know, <laughs> Rod walks away, gets on the buses. I don't want to be friends anymore. <laughs> if, this, if this is what friendship means, I don't want it, right? But, he's, of course, he's not telling the truth because he knows that Jerry's right. 
See, so what is the issue in your love life? And it's so easy to be in your ego and it's everybody else's fault and it's this and it's that and it's this. Do you have someone in your life that's going to grab you by the lapel and say, bury that attitude. Look at this issue in your life. Face this dynamic. You need a friend like that. You will never grow without a friend like that. You will just continue doing what you do because you don't even really see it. You need, you need someone from the outside sometimes to whack you, to slap you, to wake you up. Like, what are you doing? This is beneath you. This is not who you are. You're better than this. Drop that attitude. Get that chip off your shoulder. Work on this issue. Face this issue. Now, if you don't have a friend in your life who will do that for you regularly, you got one right here. I would love to be that friend for you. It's what I do as a coach. Yes, I offer tons of compassion and understanding and a listening presence to my clients. But the whole thing I do with my clients is help them see what they don't see. Help them, what's the real reason you're single? That doesn't mean I yell at you. <laughs> I've never yelled at a client. <laughs> I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to, right? But I am going to say, look at this. This is it. Now, I, as a coach, I've just got a way of discovering what that is about my clients. I get to know my clients. We talk. I hear about your experiences. I can feel it. I'm just, I'm just good at seeing what my clients don't see in themselves. And then lovingly challenging them to face this issue. Bury that attitude. Deal with this issue. Show up in relationships with this attitude rather than that one. Come on now. You're better than this. Right? So in my coaching practice, there's a place to be a loving presence. There's a, pr a place to be a listening presence. But there's a place to, be, to, to bring loving pressure. And we need that. And if you have some good friends in your life, I mean friends with a capital F, like a good friend. Most of us, we're either lousy friends to our friends or they're lousy friends to us. And what I mean by that is they won't tell us this kind of truth. They won't risk the relationship for each other's benefit. See, because Jerry was risking his relationship with his client when he got in his face. But he's like, I love you too much to see you screw up your life. So I'm going to tell you, and if we are never friends again, and if you fire me as, as your agent, fine. But you need to hear this. That's what friendship is. That's love. If you need that in your life to grow. I have it in my life. I have a couple of people that do this with me. And whenever they do, I'm like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. <laughs> I've gotten very mad. My coach did this with me many, many times. Just challenged the shit out of me where I started cussing her out. I was so mad. I was so triggered. But she was so damn right. So I've had this in my life. And if, if there's a reason why I think I've grown is because I have surrounded myself with people who will do this with me. My wife does this with me. 
every so often, man, when I slip and become a lousy husband or do something stupid, drink too much, I mean, whatever. I mean, there's times when I lose presence and I'm less than the man that she knows me to be. She will sit me down and in her very loving, gentle way, she will kick me in the ass. Like, come on, man, you're better than this. And she's not saying that selfishly because she can get what she wants out of me if I, if I get in line. No, she's loving me saying, this is for you. You're, you're better than this. What are you doing? What, what is that attitude? So I have this and I, I married this. That's one reason why I married her because she was willing to do that with me, which will get us into our next movie here in just a minute. But I want to know if you have this in your life. And if you don't, yeah, you might have to pay for it. That's how much is necessary. You want to have healthy connections? You need to have somebody in your life telling you the truth. The truth that you don't want to hear. The truth that you don't want to face. The truth that you don't even know is there. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure Rod did not know that it was his attitude that was keeping him from getting a contract. Okay, so that's Jerry Maguire. A lot of reasons to watch that movie, but the relationship between Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Gooding Jr. is unbelievable. Some of the best stuff I've ever seen in cinema about the way real friends can be with each other. Now, lastly, one of my all-time favorites, certainly on my top five, is a movie called As Good As It Gets, Helen Hunt. Jack Nicholson, and the last guy, the other guy's name is Kanar. Um, is it Daniel Kanar? I'm not sure. David Kanar? Ah, gosh, I don't know. Um, this is a powerful movie in a lot of different ways. I mean, the way these three love each other, the way they challenge each other, they are all so completely different from each other. They, they, they do support each other in their own particular ways, um, right? Because Jack Nicholson plays basically an autistic person who's a writer and he's just got no social skills. He's just an idiot, hilarious, but he's an idiot. And Helen Hunt is a single mother of a sick child. And then Kanar, whatever his first name is, is an artist He's gay, and so they are just as different as can be, but the way they love each other, the way they challenge each other, um, the way they offer support to each other is just beautiful. It's, it's really like r- what real community is supposed to be like, where there's compassion and challenge and real support and going out of their way to help and, and to heal each other. And that's really what happens is that because of all their relationships, they all heal each other. Healing happens. Like Jack Nicholson learns to get past his OCD a little bit. He, he becomes more socially viable, you could say. And Helen Hunt's little boy gets the medical treatment that he needs and her life has changed and the way they love the Kanar character, and he was brutally beaten up um, in kind of a, a, a hate 
I hate fight. I hate thing. Um, he's kind of healed and he has a relationship with his parents that's dysfunctional and so forth. So it's beautiful to watch. But the part that I want to focus on is the part in the restaurant between Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. And if you've seen this movie, you know where I'm going with it. Because the tagline from this movie is, you make me want to be a better man. Right? When you're in a healthy relationship, the connection is making each other want to be the best version of themselves. The way you're loving each other, you're becoming better because you're in the relationship. It's not just that you're, you have companionship. It's just not that you're not lonely anymore. It's not that you can have regular sex with someone. It's that the relationship itself is making you a better version of you. It's calling out your best. It's encouraging you to be better than you would be if you were single, if you were on your own. So the relationship is transformative. It's synergistic in the sense that a healthy relationship is that the two people in the relationship are better people than they would be if they were single. Just being together, the way they love each other, the way they talk to each other, the, 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 just the, the way they interact with each other urges both people to be the best versions of themselves. Because in the, the scene in this movie, of course, is that Helen Hunt unbelievably is interested in Jack Nicholson. <laughs> For some reason, she's got some sort of romantic interest in this guy who's a buffoon, right? But he does have a really good heart because he has a lot of money. He's a very successful writer. And he pays for the best medical people in the city of New York to take care of her kid. And it just blows her mind that something of that generosity and that kind of compassion could come out of that body, right? She's like, how you could do something like this, being the jackass that you are, <laughs> right? So she's got this weird attraction to him uh, because he's got a heart even though he's an idiot, right? And And so... They're going out to dinner one time and she's all dressed up in a pretty dress and everything and they sit down at dinner and he says something sort of mean to her, I think about the dress, something very critical and just just cringeworthy. Okay, so like, oh my God, dude, what are you doing, right? And so she looks at him and she's like, you know, God damn it, right now. You, you say something nice to me. You give me a compliment or I'm out of here. That, that's it. I'm just not putting up. You say something nice to me right now or that's it. Okay? Now, when you see the movie, this guy is kind of autistic. I don't know what he's got going on, but he's supposed to be taking medication. Right? He's, he's seen psychiatrists. He's got medication for his condition. Right? And he's, but he's not taking it. He's just continuing to be at the effect of his condition and he's just a jackass and a loud mouth and he's mean and you know all this kind of stuff and how do I explain this so he's been living that way he's been not taking his medication but since he's met her and he likes her and he doesn't want his condition to to kind of mess up this relationship right 
we find out that he's taken his medication now. He's starting to take it regularly. And so that's the context that when she says, give me a damn compliment, say something nice about me right now. And he pauses and he hems and he haws. And then he finally looks up at her and says, you make me want to be a better man. Well, I think in, at first he says, you know, I'm supposed to be taking these pills, you know, and, and, and ever since I've gotten to know you, you know, I'm taking my pills now, right? And she, she's like, uh, okay, uh, where's the compliment? Okay, like, all right, great. You're supposed to be taking medication. You're finally taking your medication. What does that have to do with what I'm saying to you? Because you're mean to me and I want you to say something nice to me. And then he sort of gathers himself and he says, well, because you make me want to be a better man. See, it just makes me choke up right here, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like, you're the reason I'm taking the medication. You know, he's like, I want to be better. I, I want to be the best version of myself, right? That's what healthy connections do. They're like, we, each other, we bring out the best we want the best. We call forth the best. And we become the best version of ourselves. So a lot of times people ask me, how do I know if somebody is the one? How do I know? And I, I've actually done a podcast on this. I forget what number it is. You can find it. Um, but it's a podcast on how to know if somebody is the one. I give five reasons in it. right? But when it, when it really comes down to it, if you could be a better version of yourself alone or without them, then they aren't the one. But you know someone is the one when you feel like when I'm around them, when I'm with them, when I'm in relationship, man, the best version of me comes out. I just, I strive to be better. I'm better at my work. I'm better in my relationships. I'm better with my kids. I'm, I take care of my body better. I, I'm kinder. I'm more honest. I'm more committed. I, I don't know what it is. When you know you should be with someone, when you know that I'm a better person when I'm with you and when you're in my life. That's it right there, right? That you make me want to be a better woman. You, you make me want to be a better man. We do that for each other. Just our presence, just the way we love, just who we are. It's just like, it's almost like I want to say, I, I don't want to let you down. I, I right? Because we, we all know that, we have, we have kind of a lower version of ourselves and we have like a higher version of ourselves. Like you know, we, we have a jackass side to ourselves and then we have an exemplary side to ourselves, right? Um, when you're, when you're with, when you're with the one, it's like you feel inspired to be the best version of who you are. And that's what I think a healthy connection is like. That's what's being done. The compassion being given, the companionship, the connection, the communication, the consummation, all of it 
is making each person better, not less than. See, in a lot of relationships, people are being less than who they are in order to be in the relationship. Because I don't want to be alone, right? I, I, don't, I don't want to be alone or, you know, I, I won't be able to find anyone else. So I'm sort of compromising myself to be in the relationship. I'm, I'm actually being less than who I am. My fearful self is in this relationship, not my most evolved self. So these are the three movies that we wrap up the series with. The Holiday, Jerry Maguire, and As Good As It Gets. Man, if you haven't seen these movies, you, you need to go see it, right? And then I, maybe I can just tag one more thing on here with this last movie. Um, you want to be that person to whom your partner says, you make me want to be better. What is it about you? What do you have to give? What do you have to offer that would call forth that from their partner where they would say, man, being around you, it just makes me want to be the best version of me. What is that about you that does that? Is it your depth of consciousness? Is it your the way you deal with your feelings, the, the way you raise your children, you the way you just conduct your life, the integrity with which you live, right? Don't you want someone to say that to you? Don't you want someone to say, man, you make me want to be a better woman? Man, you make me want to be a better man, right? Well, you have to be a certain kind of person for a person to say that, right? See, because Helen Hunt, she was that character in the movie. She was an extraordinary person in that movie. Her, her, the way she raised her son, the, the way she lived her life, the, the, the boundaries that she set with, even with him, you know, she was an amazing creature. So he's like, man, you make me want to be a matter. The only way that's said to you is if you are being the best version of you. Do you follow me? If you're not being the best version of you, there's no way anyone is going to say that version of you makes me want to be a better man or a better woman. Right? It's only when you are playing at your highest level, when you're beyond your ego, when when you're really functioning in the healthiest way, then you inspire people to say, man, you're playing at such a level, you make me want to be a better man or woman. So if you would long for someone to say that to you, like Helen Hunt had it said to her, if you would long for that, it's not about finding a partner who will say it to you. It's about being the person to whom that statement is worthy to be said, right? It's about you being a person that they would say, you make me want to be a better man or woman. So I'll close with that. It's another way for me to describe what I do as a coach, help you be that healthiest version of yourself to be that person to whom someone would say, holy shit, being around, man, you make me want to be a better man or woman. And therefore, 
I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Right? You, you know when someone says that to you, where are they going to go? Are they going to cheat? Are you kidding me? You're with someone who makes you better? Who inspires you? Who rejuvenates you? Who challenges you? Who loves you? And, and, and brings forth the best version of you in the world? You think that person is going to leave you? Are you kidding me? But it's all about being that kind of person. And that's what I'm here to do as a coach. Okay. Um, I hope you've loved this. Let me know how you feel about this series. Um, Because there's other things I can do with this kind of creativity to package these relationship messages uh, in some of these more creative ways. Um, And please let me know if I can help you work on any of the principles that we brought up with the nine movies that we have spoken about. All right, you can reach me at Roy at coachingwithroy.com or my cell phone, 407-687-3387. So until next time. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.